Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Good to be home in the South where I belong. You guys, some of you don't know, but we moved finally from Tulsa after living in Tulsa for 40 years. We finally moved back South. We now live in Georgia. So uh, we are declaring something that you guys, I think you guys already did, but we're declaring that we are going to be a pro-life state. Amen. So uh, thank God. We're going to protect babies, aren't we? Hallelujah. I'm not going to murder. Hallelujah. But it's good to be home. Good to be back with you guys. And uh, let's just pray real quick for the McNeese family. How about that? Father, we just lift up Pastor Bill and Fredna and Paul and all the whole family. Father, they're on vacation right now. And Lord, we just ask you to give them a special refreshing, a special uh, just comforting, a special peace, Lord, just to cause them to just uh, even hear things from you that they weren't even seeking to hear, Lord, just because they're spending time with family, Lord, just speak to them, minister to them, and just bring them back totally refreshed to, uh, because you've counted them faithful, putting them in in the ministry. And so we thank you for them right now in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I I had a song rolling in my spirit earlier. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. He's so good, isn't he? Such a good God, I tell you. That's why this has now uh, been traveling for 40 years. For those that may not know me, I know there's a a few of you here that haven't been attending here as long as I have. (laughs) And uh, so if you don't know me, I've been traveling now for 40 years live in hotels and restaurants and airplanes and car rentals. And, and this, time, this time, though, I got to drive over because I only live two and a half hours away just south of Atlanta. So it was nice not having to go to the airport and fly. I got to drive my own car. So, uh, but anyway, uh, it's just good uh, to see what God's doing. Uh, our television program, we're on uh, gospeltruth.tv five days a week, and we're on Global Kingdom Network out of Detroit, Michigan five days a week. Uh, we're on uh, speakfaith.tv, YouTube, uh, just all over the place. Our TV keeps expanding, and so we're just thankful to see what God's doing in these last days. And we, are, we have the best days ahead of us yet. The best is yet to come, I'm telling you. Now, we know that the Bible says things are going to wax worse and worse. We're seeing, we're seeing reprobate minds all over our, in our nation and around the world. We're seeing people that their minds and their thinking is void of judgment. They're, they're not thinking correctly. And so that's going to happen. That's part of these last days. And we haven't seen the worst yet. A thousand falling at your side and 10,000 people at your right hand. That's worse than 9-11. So there's going to be a lot of bad stuff happen, but it's going to be the greatest time for the church that we've ever seen. We're going to have miracles happen like never before. I'm telling you, it's going to bring billions of people into the kingdom. So uh, God has brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. You're supposed to be a light shining in the darkness. So when the dark gets darker, the light gets brighter. So be the light. Everybody say, I'm the light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So we need to make sure we're shining in these last days. Um, 
praise report because I know a couple of you, I see, I look in here, I see a couple of you that are partners, monthly partners with our ministry. And of course, when you're partners with a ministry, like you're partners with the church here, then the, the fruit that comes from that ministry, you get a, a, a accredited or accounted to your account, your heavenly account. Now that's good news because you're going to want fruit when you get to heaven. Let me tell you, you may enjoy temporal fruit down here for, let's say, a century. You get to enjoy whatever the fruit is, but that's only a century. That is like a fleeting moment into eternity. So you want to make sure you're, you're getting good fruit from the ministries that you support. So, so let me just share with you partners real quick uh, the fruit that we got. I, I know some of you don't know this, but about five years ago, the Lord told us to start advertising on Google to get souls saved. When I was here last year, we had over 140,000 people saved on Google. We are now over 160,000 saved on Google. Thank God. I'm telling you, that just, that just floats my boat, man. That just thrills me so much because I know that God, God's heart is souls. I mean, Proverbs, he that winneth souls is wise. So you should want to win souls. And, and so, partners, you're getting every one of those 160-plus thousand people that have been saved, you're getting that laid up in your heavenly account. You're going to get to enjoy those rewards for eternity. And if you're not partners with good ministries, partner with the church. Find other good ministries. I know one good one, ours. <laughs> if, you're, if you want to get some good fruit, we're believing for 200,000 souls on Google. We found out, I know some of you know this, but most of you don't, but Google actually told us 33,000 people a month search Google on how to get saved. 33,000 people per month search Google on how to get saved. They don't go to church. They don't go ask their brother or sister, mother or father. They, they get on Google. Let's see, how do, how do you get saved? Amen. So when God told us that five years ago, we, I mean, we couldn't find any pastor or ministry in the world that was doing it, so we just had to ask God for wisdom on how to do it, and he had us put up a separate salvation website from our, from our website, and now everybody that clicks on our links, reads the salvation prayer, and gets saved, uh, we're getting a lot of fruit added to the heavenly rewards. Amen. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, I'll, I'll mention a couple other things as we go along here today. But if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles up to Ephesians. And let's go to the uh, sixth chapter, Ephesians chapter 6. I want to discuss something with you today that God says you're supposed to be doing now. And if you get a hold of this, it'll change the way you get out of bed every morning. It'll change the way you approach your day-to-day lives uh, because this is something God says for us to do now. Now is where we're supposed to be living. A lot of people want to live in their yesterdays, and it messes them up. Or they live in their tomorrows. What, is go- what are we going to do? What's going to happen? How are we going to handle this? When, when this? And, and that messes them up. But God has stuff to say about how we approach our life today. And so we're going to start here in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 10, Ephesians 6.10, where God says, finally, my brethren, so we know this is talking to Christians, those that have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Paul is writing this letter, I don't know if you know this, he's writing this from prison to encourage believers. 
huh, he's the one in prison, yet he's the one doing the encouraging. <laughs> That's because many people are in prison themselves. They're in prison to their emotions. They're in prison to their finances. They're in prison to their uh, sickness and disease. So I believe Paul is trying to let the Ephesians know and us know how to get out of our prisons. So the first word he uses in this verse is the word finally. Everybody say finally. finally. The word finally ties in what he's getting ready to say with what he's already said previously up until this verse. You know, when we look at the book of Ephesians here, chapter 6, verse 10, we think of it as chapters and verses. But this is just one letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. Just, just one letter. So in order to get the most out of what he says when he uses the word finally, you really need to know what he said previous. Well, we don't have time to go back to all the previous five chapters. So what I did, I, I sat down real quick and wrote down just a synopsis of chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, so that once we get to this word finally and then what he says right after it, it ties together so beautifully, and you understand that. So let me go over what I wrote down real quick, what was before this word finally, so that we know what's being tied in. In chapter 1, Paul talks about our redemption. He talks about our inheritance. He talks about how the Holy Spirit has sealed us and guaranteed our eternity with Jesus. Hallelujah. And then he ends talking about how he prayed for the church at Ephesus and prayed for believers. In fact, if you have never written this down, write this down. This is a model prayer that you should pray over yourself, a model prayer you should pray over your spouse, over family members, friends, over enemies. <laughs> this is a prayer that you need to learn to pray, and that's in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. So make a note of that. Chapter 1, verses 15 through 23 is how you pray for other Christians and um, I, I tell you, I pray this over my wife all the time. I pray this over myself all the time. But anyway, it's a model prayer. Then in chapter 2, Paul talks about how salvation is by grace through faith. He talks about how Jesus is your peace. He talks about how he abolished the hostility that the law produced and how he has now made us one body in Jesus. He then talks about how we now have access to the Father because we are citizens and members of the household of God. Then in chapter 3, he talks about how God used the apostles and prophets to speak by revelation and make known the mysteries and manifold wisdom of God. And then he talks about how we have access to Jesus and that we should come to him with boldness and confidence. And then at the end of the chapter, he gives us another model prayer. For those of you taking note, write this down in chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. It's another prayer that you need to learn to pray over yourself, your spouse, and others. And that's chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Then in chapter 4, Paul talks about how we're to walk in humility and modesty and gentleness and patience, endurance and steadfastness, perseverance. And then he talks about how we're all one body with one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is the Father of us all. Then he talks about how after Jesus ascended that Jesus released God's grace and gave us five ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he tells us those gifts are given to equip us believers so that we can work in the ministry and help the body of Christ grow up. 
Then he talks about how we're supposed to be adults in Jesus, no longer children and not follow after false doctrines. And by acting like grown-ups, that will cause each one of us to do our part to keep the body together, joined by the love of God. Then he talks about how we're supposed to stop acting like sinners and start acting like the new man and the new woman that we really are, righteous and holy. Then he talks about not giving place to the devil. Then he talks about allowing only good things to come out of your mouth, otherwise you grieve the Spirit of God. And then he ends that chapter 4 by saying that we're to be kind to one another. Imagine that, having to tell Christians to be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving each other the same way that Jesus has forgiven you. Boy, that'll preach. I better move on. Anyway, chapter 5, he says to live your life imitating God. Stop imitating the unsaved. Don't partake of their lifestyles. And then he says that you are now a child of light and should have no business engaging in the unfruitful works of darkness. He talks about how to use our time wisely, and instead of getting drunk on wine, he tells us to stay filled with the Spirit by speaking and singing the Word of God and by giving thanks to God continually. Then he talks about how husbands and wives are supposed to love one another, respect one another, and submit to one another in God's love. And then in chapter 6, the one that we're in here, he tells those of us who have parents that we're to honor our parents. Supposed to listen to them, give heed to godly instructors, honor them. Doing so will cause things to go well with us, and it'll extend our lives in health and prosperity. It's so interesting. That verse does not say honor your father and mother if they're honorable. It doesn't say honor them if they were good to you. It doesn't say honor them if they raised you properly. It says honor them. I don't care if they acted like hell. You honor them. It's more about you than it is them. And also by you honoring them, you'll be a light shining in the world so they may see your good works and end up glorifying your Father in heaven. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Amen. And then Paul talks about uh, those, those of us that might, you might work for someone. Maybe you have a boss, a, a supervisor, someone that's over you, and it tells you to work for them as though you're working for Jesus. And if you do, Jesus will be the one that rewards you openly. And, that, and then that brings us to verse 10 where he says, finally. Everybody say, Finally. The, fi- the, word, the Greek word used here, translated from the Greek word, is actually an adverb. An adverb is a modifier. For those of you that may not familiar with English language, a modifier can modify a verb. It can modify an adjective. It can modify a preposition. It can even modify a sentence. Uh, for example, you could say, um, he ran. Talking about somebody running somewhere. Well, he ran. But then you could add a word, a modifier, an adverb, and you could say, he ran quickly. Hmm. Well, that, that modified that. Uh, so it tells you how he ran. It can also tell you when he ran. You could say, he ran yesterday. Uh, it could tell you how often he ran. You could say, he ran yesterday. In fact, he ran every day last week. So Paul starts with an adverb when he says, finally, really it's more like an adverbial phrase because he says, finally be strong in the Lord. So he's adding a modifier to all the things that he previously said to do in all the five chapters leading up to finally. 
In other words, uh, I'm adding, Paul's saying, I'm adding a modifier so that you will know the what, when, where, why, how. In other words, let, let me make it real s- simple. You'll know, you'll know how to do what I've already said to do. Uh, you'll, you, you have to be strong in the Lord to walk in your redemption. You have to be strong in the Lord to receive your inheritance. You have to be strong in the Lord to pray for others. You have to be strong in the Lord to allow Jesus to be your peace at all times. You have to be strong in the Lord to still come to Jesus with boldness and confidence when you screw up. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord not to follow after religious fads. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to act like the righteous and holy person that you really are. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to not give place to the devil. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to only allow good things to come out of your mouth. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another the way Jesus forgave you. Are you understanding what I mean by modifier here? So the first thing Paul says is be strong in Jesus and the power of his might. Be strong in Jesus. You know, he would not tell us to be strong if we were just all automatically strong. Come on. Amen. If you were always strong, he wouldn't have to tell you be strong. He would just say, keep being what you are. <laughs> but he said, he didn't. He said, be strong. So there's going to be times we have feelings of weakness, feelings of lack of ability, inadequacy, frustration, uh, hopelessness. And what does God tell us to do? One word. Somebody said, well, no, it says two words. Well, actually, be strong is one Greek word. It's been translated to. Let me give you the definitions of this Greek word. Be strong is one, but let me give you the definitions. Here's what this Greek word means, be strong. It says empowered, enabled, increase in strength, and be strong. So there's the four definitions. I'll give them again. Empowered, enabled, Increase in strength and be strong. But it doesn't stop there. The key is in the Lord. You are empowered. You are enabled. You are strengthened. You can be strong because you are in Jesus. You're in Christ. Wow. Remember over in, uh, where is it, Daniel eleven thirty two, where the people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits? I looked at that up. I'm always studying the Hebrew and the Old Covenant and Greek in the New Testament, but in Daniel eleven thirty two, be strong and do exploits. That word exploits actually is italicized. It wasn't in the original manuscripts. It just says uh, they they that know their God will be strong and do. So I looked up that word do, and and uh, it means um, to advance or to accomplish. So people that so adding the word exploits is good. In other words, you're going to advance things for God, you're going to accomplish things in the kingdom of God when you're strong in the Lord. Isaiah 35, 4, in fact, look at Isaiah 35, 4, I can quote it, but let me show it to you here real quick. Isaiah 35, 4 tells those of us of a fearful heart to be strong. Let's look what it says. Isaiah 35, 4, he says, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong Isn't that what we're looking at? Be strong in the Lord. Be strong and do not fear because your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. So be strong and do not fear. Kind of reminds me over in 2 Chronicles 32, 7, be strong and courageous when facing your enemies because there's more with you than there are with them. Or in Joshua 1, 9, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because the Lord is with you everywhere you go. 
See, you are in Jesus. You're in Christ so you can be strong. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, right? Old things are passed away. So I wrote some things down. Um, since it says be strong in the Lord, I thought, let me just write some things. I'm not going to turn to them because it would take way too long, but I'm just going to quote some things that you are in the Lord. And when you get this revelation of who you are in the Lord, that's when strength comes. That's when you can be strong. You have to be strong in the Lord, not, not be strong in yourself. This, this is where I see most Christians miss it all over the world as I travel these last 40 years. They try and be strong in themselves and the power of their might. And they keep falling short. All right, so let me just quote. You can take notes. I'll, I'll give you the Scripture reference when I tell you what it says, but I'm not going to turn there just for time's sake. But Romans chapter 3, verse 24 says, Because you are in Christ, you are redeemed and made right with God because of his free, unearned, undeserved grace. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 1 says, Because you're in Christ, you can now live a life free from condemnation. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says there is nothing you can do or anyone else can do that can stop God from loving you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 says because you are in Christ, you have all of God's wisdom, all of God's righteousness, all of God's justification or sanctification, and all of God's redemption. You have it now. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians two fourteen says because you are in Christ, he always causes you to triumph. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 says, Because you're in Christ, God is not keeping a record of any of your sins. Boy, that's good news right there. Galatians 3, 26 says, Your faith in Christ has made you part of God's immediate family. Think of this. You're a son of God, a daughter of God. You're, 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 you're part of your creator. You're, he's your daddy. <laughs> this is pretty cool. You're, immediate, you're not extended family, man. You're immediate family. Ephesians 1.3 says, because you're in Christ, God has already given you every blessing that is available in heaven while you're on the earth. Ephesians 2.6 says, because you're in Christ, God has given you a seat in heaven right next to Jesus. Think about that. You're in more than one place at one time. Now, you're not omnipresent. You're not like God, but you are dual present anyway. You're here, but you're also seated with Christ in heavenly places. And your name's already written in the Lamb's book of life. And guess who wrote it? Your father, your daddy. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2 says, because you're in Christ, God has handcrafted you, assigned things for you to do in life, and given you the ability to do them. Wow. Philippians 2, 5 says, because you're in Christ, you have the mind of Christ and can operate in Jesus' mental state. That's powerful right there. Turn over to 2 Timothy now with me. 2 Timothy, we're going to look at some more. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to go verse 1. I'm going to read from the New King James. 2 Timothy 2, 1. You therefore, my son, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Be strong in the grace. There's a key there. That is in Christ Jesus. This says because you are in Christ, you can partake of his grace to be strong which is what the Apostle Paul kept hearing from God when God said, my grace is sufficient. Every time Paul said, yeah, but this is coming against me, that's happening, that's happening, and, and the Lord said, yeah, but my grace is sufficient. In other words, you can partake of his grace and be strong. Be strong is what we're looking at in Ephesians 6.10, and we'll get back there in a minute. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 with me. 
1 Corinthians 16.13 tells us to do four things here. 1 Corinthians 16.13, we're looking at things that you can do now. You don't have to wait to start doing these things. These are things you have to do now. And with the, the way things are wrapping up uh, in this world and the evil that's happening and people calling evil good and calling good evil and all that junk, man, it's, it's time to be strong. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16.13 says, watch. Then it says, stand fast in the faith. Then it says, be brave, and then it says, be strong. Of course, I'm again reading from the New King James. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. This is something God's called us all to do now. If you're wondering what you're supposed to do this week, this year, here are things that God has commissioned you to do. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let's talk about these four things just a minute. Let's talk about, first of all, watch. The Greek word watch here means to stay awake, which would imply that you could not be staying awake, right? Stay awake, or the Greek word also means be watchful. It means be vigilant. It means give strict attention to, and it means to be cautious. In other words, don't just believe everything you hear, everything you see, just because somebody says it. Amen. So stay awake, be watchful, be vigilant, give strict attention, and be cautious. All of those definitions of watch show us that Satan is going to try and use people and things to bring us down. So we have to stay awake. We have to be watchful. We have to be vigilant. We have to pay, uh, give strict attention to and be cautious. Peter says the same thing over in 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, uh, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Be sober, be vigilant is what it says there in 2 Peter. Same thing as it's saying here, be vigilant. That means stay on your guard. Don't fall for his snares. Don't fall for his traps or his trickery. So Corinthians here is telling us to watch. Then the next thing it says is stand fast in the faith. This Greek word stand fast in the Greek means to stay stationary, to be persistent, and to persevere. Stay stationary, be persistent, and persevere. Therefore, this, it means stay stationary in your faith, be persistent in what Jesus has made you and given you, and then persevere when things don't go your way. Amen. Come on. Persevere when it doesn't look like it's working. In other words, don't be moved by what you see, hear, and feel. You can change what you see, hear, and feel uh, uh, by using or releasing your faith in Jesus. In fact, I wish I had time. I, I was going to show I, I got attacked with cancer last year. And a tumor grew on the side of my face, cancerous tumor, and got fairly big. Maybe I'll show it tonight. I've got a picture of it. Maybe I'll show it to you all t if you come back tonight. But um, I didn't go to the doctor because Dr. Jesus told me it was cancer and told me the devil wanted to take me out. But you know what the Lord told me? This was so cool. When, I, when he told me it was cancer, and, he, and, of course, he always says, fear not, no matter what you're facing, always says, fear not. You don't have to fear anything. You know what he told me about cancer? He says, cancer starts with the letter C just like cold. He said, they're both the same to me. Do, when you get a cold, do you think, I'm going to die? <laughs> so you know what I thought when I found out it was cancer? I thought, I'm going to live. It's like a cold for God, no big deal. 
So once, once you see, if I show the picture, it's really gross, but it was a big tumor on the side of my face here. And, and uh, once I sh- show you that, then I'll let you come up and feel where it used to be. You, you could, in fact, you could take the after picture. But I, I cursed it. I did what the Bible says to do. I spoke to the mountain. You know what most Christians do? They talk to God about their mountain. Bible says talk to the mountain about your God. Amen. So that's what I did. I cursed it and it withered away and left. But it was about a uh, June, July, August, September. It was about a five-month battle that I had that. I, I couldn't even lay on that side of my face when I slept at night because it was too painful. But cancer does not scare me any more than COVID or anything else scares me. I'm not afraid of anything the devil does because he's defeated. And if you have faith in Jesus, this is why we're looking at this this morning, be strong. If you have faith in Jesus, there is nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that can kill you. There's nothing that can steal your life from you. Amen. So, so be strong. Um, uh, look at Galatians 5.1. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Stand fast. Then it tells you don't get entangled trying to keep a bunch of laws from the Old Testament to gain God's approval. Listen, Jesus has already gained God's approval for you. God's approval is not based on your performance. It's not based on what you do or things you haven't done. It's based on what Jesus already did for you. Amen, so be it. <laughs> All the promises of God are yes and amen. So again, here in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it tells us stay alert. And then it tells you to be persistent. Use your faith to persevere. Don't be moved by the information obtained through your physical senses. That's watch and that's stand fast in the faith. Then it says be brave. Again, we're still in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be brave. I like the King James because it confuses people. <laughs> King James says, quit ye like men. Somebody said, say, what? <laughs> in our society, if you, if you hear somebody say, quit ye like men, well, what they're saying is, be a man or man up. In other words, don't act like a wimp. <laughs> don't act like a coward. Don't act like a defeated pup. I like to say it this way. Don't act like the lion on the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I see a bunch of you have seen that movie. You remember the, the, the lion, how he wasn't, a, he wasn't courageous at all. He was a coward, right? Be strong. Quit ye like men. Be brave. Be courageous. And of course, when the, uh, when the wizard gave him courage, then all of a sudden he could roar then, couldn't he? Well, guess what? The lion of the tribe of Judah has given you courage. And he's telling you to be strong. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 9 from the King James says, Be strong and quit yourselves like men. <laughs> quit yourselves like men. In other words, be courageous. I wonder if God has anything along, along the lines of he's telling us over and over, be strong. I wonder if there's more verses that'll say that, but also be courageous. Let's, let's look at a couple here. I quoted a couple earlier in 2 Chronicles, but let's look at them real quick. 2 Chronicles 32 and verse number 7 and then we'll look at Joshua 1, 9. 2 Chronicles 32, 7. Be strong. Here we go again. I'm reading from the New King James. Be strong and what? Courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. You know, the Lord reminded me when that cancer attacked my body, the Lord reminded me of something he'd said to me a couple years earlier. I shared this when I was here one time. This was a number of years ago, about 10 years ago. I was driving through the panhandle of Texas, getting ready to go and preach somewhere, and I was praying in the Spirit, 
And all of a sudden, the Lord uh, spoke to me and said this. He said, if you will not allow fear in any area of your life, no curse can operate in any area of your life. If you won't allow fear in any area of your life, no curse can operate. Fear is just the opposite of faith. It's actually faith in Satan's works, where true faith is faith in God's works, what he's done for you, what he's given you, what he's made you. So that's faith. We want to have faith in God. We don't want to have faith in the devil. That's called fear. And if you won't allow fear in any area, financially, uh, emotionally, you know, with fear, panic attacks or worry or stress, you know worry and stress are just forms of fear. You don't have to do that. You don't be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. That's discouraged or stressed out. Uh, Before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him, there's more with us. Look at this. There's more with us than with him. Now, a lot of times when we read an Old Testament verse like this, people don't think of it in terms that it applies to them. But if you've ever read 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it said the things that we read about that happened under the Old Covenant were giving for us as examples for us to learn from. So this here in 2 Chronicles is not just saying this to them. It's saying it to us, be strong and courageous when facing your enemies whether it's sickness or disease or poverty or lack or fear or depression or whatever, when facing your enemies, you be strong and courageous. Why? There's more with us than there are with them. Reminds me of 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16, where Elisha is talking to his servant. You, me- you remember that Elisha kept giving the uh, king of Assyria's plans away, and, and so every time the king of Assyria would attack Israel, they were already waiting for him and ready for him because the prophet had already prophesied what was going to happen. And so when the king of Syria found this out, he, he found out um, that Elijah was in, uh, uh, Elisha was in the uh, city of Dothan. And so he got all of his armies, the whole host of his armies, and surrounded the city at nighttime while, while the prophet was asleep and his, and his uh, servant. And so anyway, in the morning, his servant gets up and his servant sees thousands, tens of thousands of horses and chariots around the city. And he freaks out. Now, when we read it in King James, it says, Alas, Master. Let me give you, let me give you the interpretation. <laughs> all right, so that's alas in, in Larry Hutton paraphrase, all right? So he says, Alas, Master, what are we going to do? And, and Elisha prays and says, God... He wasn't, he wasn't freaked out at all. He said, God, open his eyes. He couldn't have been talking about his natural eyes because he already used his natural eyes and saw all the enemies, so he had to be open talking about the eye of faith and the eye of his spirit man, eternal man, and said, open his eyes. And so God opened his eyes, and all of a sudden he saw horses and chariots of fire in the multitudes. And that's why it reminds me of what we're reading here. There's more with us than there are with them. You got legions of angels. Don't, don't ever believe that religious hogwash that you had an, an angel assigned to you when you were a baby, and when you became an adult, they left you. No, actually, you need them more as an adult than you did than when you were a baby. <laughs> yeah, you get into a whole lot more mess then. So you definitely, you know, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun, Cedric, when we get to heaven. I, I just believe God's going to do this. He's going to show us the reruns of our life. And all the multitudes of time that angels saved us from dying. 
I, I think it, it, maybe all the other stuff we're going to see too is why he's going to have to wipe away our tears. But, but, but thank God uh, we, we have legions of angels. There's more with us than there are with them. So be strong and courageous. Why? Because God has an army of his angels assigned to help you. Now turn over to Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. Is anybody getting anything? Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? Doesn't sound like a suggestion, does it? (laughs) Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's why I never pray, God, go with me, go with me, you know, make sure you're with me. No, I don't have to pray. He's in me. When I accepted Jesus, he moved in me by his spirit. You know, I wish, I wish there was a way, and I mean this with all my heart. Those of you that know me, you know, you know I mean this because I don't, I don't lie. I, I preach what I live and live what I preach, so this is real to me. But if I could, I would jump into you and believe for you. That's, that's how real. See, I tell people on my television program all the time, you're not watching a religious program. This is not religion. This is relationship. All the religions of the world serve dead gods. Christianity serves a risen Jesus. So this is so real to me. See, I got healed of an incurable disease when I was 22. I've watched God take hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, and when we started putting him first in our finances, he paid it all off, paid off our hundreds of thousands of mortgage on our Larry Hutt ministry property, paid off our home. debt. We've been debt-free for years now because of Jesus, because of doing things God's way. See, this is so real to me. This is why I'll lay my life down. That's why last weekend, Father's Day, I would like to stay home, be with my wife, be with my daughter, but I had to go preach. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. (laughs) But God makes it up to me. God rewards me. And so I'm thankful for that. But this is so real. This isn't religion to me. This is the real deal. I live what I preach. I preach what I live. I want people to know this isn't just something you do on Sundays. Oh, let's get, let's get fed a little bit on Sundays, and then we'll be okay through the week. No, this is your life. I've been, I've been sharing with my partners. Those of you that are partners, you know you get my par- monthly partner letter. I sit down. In fact, the last few days I've been doing this for my next partner letter to you partners. I sit down and spend hours and hours and hours writing a partner letter because I'm always asking God, God, what do you want me to say to them? You want to change their lives. What, what can you help me write? Make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Help me write things that's going to encourage and strengthen and help them in their walk this month after they read this letter. And I've been writing. This is what I was wanting to say. I've been writing for over a year now. Every, every single month I've been writing how to live a Garden of Eden-like lifestyle. How to live a utopia-type lifestyle. People don't think it's possible. Yes, it is. You can walk right through the valley of shadow of death and party on the way. Read Psalm. Have you ever read the 23rd Psalm? I mean, he says he's going to make streams in that valley. He's going to help you lay down in green pastures in that valley. He's going to strengthen you. He's even going to set up a table with a seven-course meal made from the chef of heaven. Wow. This is what God says in the 23rd Psalm. He prepares a table for you right in the 
presence of your enemies. In other words, right in front of their face, he's going to have you sit down and have a meal when you're being attacked. Kind of sounds like you're in rest. Kind of sounds like. Who have I not committed? Do not be the Lord God is with you everywhere you go. Whew. Yeah, but Brother Larry, I don't feel like he is. Well, that's why we just read a little minute ago, uh, be persistent with your faith. Don't walk by sight, walk by faith. Turn over to Deuteronomy 31 with me. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Again, from the New King James, be strong. Man, we just keep seeing it over and over, don't we? Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. Talking about your enemies. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. I was just reading, just before I came this morning, I was reading a testimony. From, from this guy that used to be an atheist. He didn't believe in God at all. He, was a, he did drugs. He did everything. And just all kinds of mess. He had a really messed up life. But every morning, even w- when he was high and hung over and all that, he would always go out and watch the sunrise. He'd, it just somehow brought him peace. What he didn't know is God was using creation to speak to him like the Bible t- says he does. And so he said every morning that he just watched that. He said, and, and eventually he got to thinking, you know, I, I know that I've been told I was created from a monkey, and I know I've been told that I just created out of a bang bang, big bang theory, but that's a bunch of hogwash. Look at this beauty. There is no way all of this could be just from nothing. And he started thinking about that, and then God brought somebody across his path, witness to him. He accepted Jesus. And now, every morning of his life, he still gets up and watches the sunrise, but he does it as a new creation now. He does it as a child of God and just gives God glory that, God, you actually use creation to show me that you're real. Isn't that cool? So Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he's the one that goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. All right, so let's go back to Ephesians 6.10 where we were because we keep seeing be strong, be strong, be strong all over the place. Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong. The only way you're going to be strong is in the Lord. That's in Christ. Because of that, of course, then it tells you you have the power of his might on the inside of you. Let me read something that Micah said. The prophet Micah, he said this over in Micah 3.8. He said, I truly am full of the power by the Spirit of God and of might. I thought that was so interesting. Micah, a prophet under the Old Covenant, said he was full of power and full of might, and he didn't even have the Spirit of God on the inside of him. Wow, how much more are you full of God's power and full of God's might? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Do you remember, um, do you remember jo- uh, Judges 6, the 11th verse, where Gideon 
has God speak to him. God speaks and says, calls Gideon a mighty man of valor. Isn't that interesting? Now, if you read the context, he was hiding in a pit from the Midianites and thinking, who am I? I'm a nobody. I'm a no one. And God calls him a mighty man of valor, a mighty man of strength. Remember, Romans 4, 17, God calls those things that be not as though they already are. Amen. He calls those, let me, let me give you a paraphrase that. God calls those things that don't appear to be real, but in truth they are real because God said so. That's what made it real. Once God spoke it, it came into being. So God calls those things that be not as though they already are. He calls those things that don't appear to be real, but in truth they are real because he said so. All right, turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 10 with me. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I hope I'm helping you because this is sure encouraging me. Thank God. His word is always full of life. For the Lord your God... Deuteronomy 10, 17, for the Lord your God is God of gods. That means he's God of all gods and Lord of all lords. A, God, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, that word terrible, if you look up the Hebrew, means awe-inspiring or to be revered. He's awe-inspiring, he's to be revered. He's no respecter of persons and cannot be bribed. <laughs> Notice this says that God, the God that lives in you is Mighty. What does that mean? Same thing we're looking at here in Ephesians. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The power of his might is in you. So that means because you're in him, you have that might, then you can be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Second uh, Corinthians. Turn over there with me. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verses, well, let's start in verse 3. I want to get down to verse 5, but verse 3, 4, and 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The word carnal here means of human origin. If you look up the Greek it was translated from, they're not human or weapons. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not of human origin, but they're what? Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So God says your armor is mighty. Why? Because it's God's armor. It's not of human origin. This is God's armor. Your weapons are mighty because they're God's weapons. Romans 13, 12 says, put on the armor of light. Ephesians 6, 16 says, you have the armor of faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, says, uh, 6, 7 says, you have the armor of righteousness. Uh, Ephesians 6, 17 says, you have the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God. And the Word of God is alive and powerful, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Isn't it interesting? I was thinking about this earlier. Isn't it interesting that with all this might and all this power available to Christians, yet so many Christians leave uh, living defeated, woe-is-me type lifestyles? Why do they do that? Well, because even though God's in you, even though His power's in you, even though His might's in you, even though His strength's in you, you still have to be a doer of the word. Oh, Brother Larry, it's come down to that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you have to do the word. You have to act like it's true. Well, Brother Larry, what word? Well, lots of words I could give you, but one of them is be strong. You have to start acting like what God said is true and that it is true no matter how you feel, no matter what it looks like, no matter how you've been treated by others, no matter what's going on in society, you can be strong. Amen. I mean, even under the old covenant, the prophet Joel, where is it in Joel chapter 3, verse 10, I think, where he says, let the weak say something. Let the weak say what? Strong. That is the empowerment when you mix faith with it, when you believe it. That's the empowerment that you now have an ability way beyond your own. And that's the whole thing. Do you remember over in Colossians 2 6, it says, The way you receive Jesus is the way you walk in him? The way you received him. How, how, how did you receive him? Ephesians 2 8, by grace through faith. So how did you receive Jesus? By grace, through faith. So how do you walk in him? In other words, today, tomorrow, next week, next month, uh, in my finances, in my marriage, in my uh, physical health, in my emotions, how do I walk in him? The same way, by grace, through faith, is the way you walk in him. So be strong. If he says be strong and I accept, okay, you said be strong, then bless God, I'm going to be strong. When you accept that word, the word is alive. The word is powerful. And when you accept it, grace then, through that word, empowers you to be what you can't be on your own. It empowers you to have what you can't have on your own. Do what you can't do on your own. His grace is sufficient. It's not based on you, friends. It's all based on Jesus. Wow. In him, what is uh, Acts 17, 28? In him we live and move and have our being. I'm going to close with Hebrews 13 this morning, so you can go over there, Hebrews chapter 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 13. I'm going to start, of course, we know the Bible was never written in chapter and verse, so I'm going to actually start in the middle of a verse, the middle of verse 5, because I want you to see something here. So you could say uh, verse 5b <laughs> instead of verse 5, 5a. We're going to look at the latter part of the verse, where it says, God has said... Do you see that where it says, God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? So let's read that starting there. God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll not fear what man can do unto me. God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that, you better circle those two words, so that. Underline it, circle it, highlight it, so that. I got it underlined in my electronic Bible and in my leather Bible. So that, because here's the reason God says things. He says them so that. Then he tells us why he says them. So that we will boldly say. That's why I, I, last time I was here, we sold out of those scripture cards. You know the scripture cards I brought? Uh, I call them declare it cards. I, I brought some more back because since we sold out of them last time, um, but the declare card came about from, I was going to work one day, and the Lord spoke to me and said, write, a, write this verse of Scripture down. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. He said, now, throughout the day, I want you to speak that out loud as often as you think about it. Speak it out loud so your own ears hear your mouth say it. 
So I did all day long. In fact, the last thing I did before I went to bed that night was speak that scripture I'd written down that verse on that piece of paper. The next morning I got up and the Lord spoke to me and said, take that verse of scripture with you again and do the same thing today as often as you can. Now the first day I probably, probably, I probably said it maybe 70 times, 80 times. I mean, I said it a lot during the day, out loud so my own ears could hear it. Second day I did the same thing. Got up the third morning and the Lord said, take that same scripture with you again. Uh, morning four, I got up and he said, take that same scripture. Well, by morning four, I could actually quote the verse forwards and backwards. <laughs> so you know what? I thought I knew it, but the Lord was about to teach me there was some, a difference from memorizing scripture and knowing scripture. I, did, I hadn't learned that until this point. And so you remember Jesus talked to the Pharisees who could quote all of the scripture. They could quote the first five books of the Bible. Sounds like they were very studious and and very learned people, and yet Jesus said, you can quote them, but you do not know them. So that got my attention anyway. So the fourth morning when he told me to take it with me, do it again, I did it. Fifth morning, sixth morning, seven days in a row, the same Scripture. But you know what happened by that seventh day? That Scripture that I was quoting because I was thinking about it so much because you're speaking it out loud, your ears are hearing it, you're meditating on it, you're thinking about it, you're speaking it, you're meditating, and all of a sudden it went from here. Those of you that may be listening to this recording later on, I'm I'm pointing to my brain. It went from here in my brain to here in my heart, in my spirit. And all of a sudden it became a part of the fabric of my being. And here's how I knew it. What happened about, I remember it was about three or four weeks later, I had a test a trial of life that we all have to go through, hardships, you know. Something comes along and knocks your head where your feet was a few minutes before, you know. And and so here you are going through a hardship of life. And I remember, it it was just so real. All of a sudden, here I enter this hardship, and up out of the inside of me, without thinking, please listen to what I say, without thinking, I found myself saying, it is written and quoting that verse of Scripture. And that's when I realized it was a part of me. I didn't even have to try and think, oh, what verse of Scripture should I stand on? I knew exactly this verse of Scripture God had given me. And so then the Lord said, okay, second week, now do another new Scripture. So for seven days, week two, I did another one. Now I had two Scriptures to do battle with. Week three, he said, now do another new Scripture. Just seven days on one Scripture. Now you can still read the Bible and go through it in a year if you want to and read other passages, but one verse of Scripture that you really meditate on and get on the inside. That's why we did that deck of cards, because the deck of cards has one verse of Scripture on the front, and then the back has my personal declaration, or, or what do you speak over this verse? Because you've got to speak. You've got to get the faith out of your heart, through your mouth. That's how you got saved. Amen. With the heart, man believes, but with the mouth, confession is made unto. Amen. So you have to speak the word. So uh, that's what that, well, here it is right here. That's what that deck of cards is all about, 52. So just one, one scripture a week, and that'll help you. But that's what the Lord taught me so I could get a hold of what he said here. He said, the Lord hath said, I'll never leave you, you know, forsake you, so that we. Oh, so he said it, so for our benefit, or so what are we supposed to do? He hath said, so that we may boldly, what? Say, he has said, can we put that verse of Scripture back up on the screen, guys? He has said, Hebrews 13, 5, he has said, and then verse 6, he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say. 
So that's the reason he gives us the word of God is so that we'll get it in our heart and boldly declare it. That's why after I spoke to that big tumor that was on the side of my face, when I spoke to it, I commanded it to be removed and cast into the sea. For weeks, three, four weeks after that, I didn't see any change. But I kept saying, you've got to leave. You have no choice. I already made the choice. You're not changing me. I am the healed. You're not changing me, so you're getting out of here. You're leaving. Besides that, I'm not doubting in my words. Jesus said, if I don't doubt my words, I shall have what I say. And then all of a sudden it started withering and withering and withering and withering and driving up and went poof and disappeared. Somebody asked me where it went. I said, back to hell where it belongs. <laughs> I, watched, I watched my grandmother get healed of terminal cancer. 75 years old, had cancer. Doctors said gave her less than six months to live. Stage four. Grandmother, 75. Good Methodist lady. She didn't know one scripture about healing. So I called her up and I said, Grandma, uh, this was when the late Kenneth E. Hagan was still alive and he was going to do a faith and healing crusade down in Winter Haven, Florida. My grandma lived in Brooksville, Florida, so that wasn't too far away, two hours. And I said, Grandma, I'm going to come to Florida to Kenneth E. Hagan's faith and healing crusade and uh, you might as well come and get healed of that cancer. I thought she'd say no, but she actually said, okay. Because <laughs> she was, she was kind of mean. <laughs> she was... She was a mean old lady. She was, I, I, I don't ever remember seeing her smile. But anyway, I said, Grandma, you might as well come get healed of that cancer. I told her, I said, there's been a lot of people come to Brother Hagin's meetings. He's prayed for them, laid hands on them, and they've gotten healed. So you might as well come get healed. And she said, okay. And so she came. She listened to the words. See, all Brother Hagin did, he, t- he had three meetings a day, morning, afternoon, night. So my grandmother came and listened, sat in Sunday, Sunday night service. That's when the crusade started Sunday night. And then she sat in Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning after the Wednesday morning service. Now she's been in seven services or eight services counting the Wednesday morning service. She comes up to me. She said, Larry, guess what? I said, what? She said, I don't need to get in the healing line now. (laughs) Well, that's what she came for is to get brother Hagen to lay hands on her and pray. I said, why don't you need to get in the healing line? She says, I'm already healed. Haven't you been listening? I told you she was feisty. <laughs> she, said, she said in Isaiah 53, 4 said, Surely he bore our sickness and disease. And this is what she said. Listen to this, 75-year-old lady. She said, Jesus bore my sickness. No use both of us bearing it. <laughs> Boy, that's revelation right there. Same as he bore our sins. He doesn't want you going out and committing sin. He actually gives you his righteousness that you can resist and not yield to sin. And a lot of you know what I'm talking about. If you've been born again for any length of time, there are sins that you used to commit regularly that are not even a temptation to you anymore because you've learned to exercise your righteousness. So if you're tempted to do that, you just resist and say, no, I'm not yielding to that. Why? Because you're righteous in God's sight. But it's his righteousness, not yours, right? So I've, I've watched my grandmother. God hath said so that we may boldly say... Here's a real key, and this is what I wanted to get. So if God said, be strong, then what are you going to say? I'm strong. I'm strong. Because God said, be it, so I am it. Amen. Hallelujah. I got a whole different line I'm going on, going on tonight, but it's going to fit hand in glove with this message. I can see that already. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Father, thank you today for this truth that we've heard. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding and filling us with the knowledge of your will, strengthening us with might by your spirit in our inner man. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray that all of us would not just be hearers only, but that we'd be doers of your word. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Christian, an attitude of prayer. You know, we may all be family here. Maybe everybody's already saved, but I don't want to ever close a service without giving someone that opportunity in case they've come in. Are we live streaming today as well or not? We are? Are we live streaming? We are? Okay. So if you're watching online right now, we're also talking to those of you that are watching. If there's someone in this building or someone watching online and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I'd like to pray for you. It's so simple. You don't even have to confess your sins like some people say you do. (laughs) You couldn't remember half of them anyway. But all you have to do is confess Jesus because Jesus is the one that bore all your sins. Past, present, and future sins, he bore them all. Of course, when he bore them, they were all future sins. So thank God he bears future sins. He bore all of your sins. And then when you came along, thank God you were able to accept that by grace. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus and you would like us to pray for you, slip your hand up high enough in the air that I can see it. Anyone in this building, you say with the uplifted hand, I've never made Jesus my Lord and Savior, but I would like to today pray for me. Anybody? Any hands anywhere? One hand over here. Thank you, ma'am. You can put it down. That's awesome. One, any, anybody else? We already have one. God's going to be throwing a party in heaven for. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? I'm going to just wait just a minute. Anybody else? We already have one we know that's going to receive Jesus today. Whew, thank you, Lord. That's awesome. That's awesome. Another one added to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. All right. Every, go, go ahead and lift up your head, open your eyes, and look at me. All right, so we're, gonna, we're all going to pray together in just a moment. We'll bow our heads again, and we'll just look to God because we're all going to pray together with this one person that lifted their hand. And uh, that way, if somebody's watching, they can also pray with us, and they can get born again. It's not hard to get born again. Here's what Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, Whosoever calls on the name of Jesus, that's the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That's, that's not hard. You call on Jesus, which, which means you must believe he's alive, because if you back up a few verses, you believe he died for you and rose from the dead. So if you're calling on him, you have to believe he's alive, he rose from the dead. And then when you call on him, he makes you his child. He makes you part of the body of Christ, right? So it's not hard to get saved. Like I, like I said a minute ago, you don't have to confess your sins because you couldn't remember half of them. So thank God we don't have to. But you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, right? So those of you watching, the one that's here that raised your hand, you want to get saved, we're all going to pray with you. Let's all just close our eyes. In fact, we can lift our hands up to heaven because that's where our help comes from. And everybody can say this, Jesus, I believe you're alive. Thank you for bearing my sins on the cross for me. I don't have to because you did it for me. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. Since the Bible says, whosoever calls on Jesus 
shall be saved, I qualify. I am a whosoever. So right now, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you that I am now part of the family of God. the church here, you can go to uh, harvestfamilychurch.com. Is that right? Get it right? I go to a different church every week, so I've got to think a minute, you know. So, so you can go to harvestfamilychurch.com. Get in touch with them. They'll send you out some... Fr- go, go to um, larryhutton.org and let me know. Send me a, a message or something online, and I want to send you a free book. All right, and the person that got saved here this morning, go by our book table when, before you leave the church and get a hold of my little book, Limitless, Limitless, free. I want to give it to you free. Just let them know you got saved today, and uh, those that are working the table, you'll make sure that you give them that mini book free, all right? Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo, glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just heard the Spirit of God say ulcers. So I don't know if it's a, I don't know what kind. He didn't show me what kind. Sometimes he does, whether it's an ulcer of the eye or an ulcer of the stomach or where this ulcer is. But God said ulcers. So if you have ulcers, go ahead right now. Receive that healing power into you. God's speaking this out. Just believe that word, and that word will empower you to be healed of ulcers. Go ahead and accept that right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody that's been, um, um, what is that, Lord? It looks like a cramps. It looks like somebody that's had some severe cramps. Um, and I see it's caused from some nerve situation, a nerve damage or something. So if, if that's you, um, in fact, if that's you, raise your hand real quick. If that's you, okay, there's a couple of you here. All right, that's why I called it out. So, Father, right now, I speak life to those nerves in their, in their back, lower back and into their body. I speak life in Jesus' name. I rebuke those things that are causing cramps. Body, you line up. Line up with life. Line up with health in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So be it. So be it. So be it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Rotator cuff, rotator cuff. Some, somebody that's hurt or damaged a rotator cuff being healed right now. Go ahead and accept that. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for touching their, their shoulder, touching the rotator cuff there and making it whole. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I'll share that with them because, yeah, I see that, Lord. There's some pe- other people besides rotator cuff with some joint and some bone situations that you need healed of. Here's what the Lord said. Here's what he, he told me to quote a scripture to you, so I'm going to quote the, the uh, Proverbs 3. Most of you know this, but let me quote it real quick. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own pea brain. Okay, Larry Hutton paraphrase. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, the next verse, verse 6, in all your ways, all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. The next verse, verse 7. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The next verse. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. 
Marrow is the anointing of God. It's the moisture of God. It's the power of God. So if you need anything in bones right now, you just take hold of it and say, okay, Lord, I'm not leaning to my understanding. I don't care what's happened, what it looks like. It may look like it. There's no way I'll ever get healed. It doesn't matter. I accept that, and now I accept the very anointing, the very moisture from heaven that makes my joints and my bones whole. No more brittle bones, whole bones in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So you take hold of that. You take hold of that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. You are good. You are good. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. I will say this, too, since all the rest of you didn't raise your hand, I'm assuming that all of you already have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're not filled with the Spirit and baptized with the Holy Spirit where you can pray in what the, what the Apostle Paul called it, praying in other tongues. He also called praying in the Spirit. He, he, he said when you pray in the Spirit, you, you don't understand what you're saying, but God, the Holy Spirit in you does. So he's the one that helps you pray supernaturally. In other words, you're praying things that you don't know. When, when you're not filled with the Spirit, also called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you're not filled with the Spirit, you can only pray your knowledge. You can't pray beyond what you know. But when you when you pray in other tongues, you don't have a clue what you're saying, but God does. And he, like the Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth, he said, you're praying out divine mysteries. And it's going to be imperative in these last days. Imperative for us to get the wealth that's being transferred in these last days to the righteous and all the other things that are going to happen, you're going to need to be sensitive to God. So uh, I'm going to turn this back over to them in just a minute. I know they're receiving a love offering for our ministry, but stop by the book table, get the deck of cards. Um, I also have a series back there called Happy. And the reason I carry this is because there's just way, way, way too many Christians that are not happy. And that just doesn't compute. Christian, Christ-like, you ought to be the happiest folk on the planet. So I preach two hours. There's two CDs in here, and if you don't want CDs, go to our website, LarryHutton.org, and download the MP3. But learn how to be happy. You ought to be happy 24-7, 365. So that's back there. My book called God, the Gold, and the Glory. When I give my testimony about how the Lord got us out of hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt by doing things God's way, putting the kingdom of God first in our money, it didn't make sense to my brain, but God showed us how to do it, and so I put it in book form, God, the gold, and the glory. By the way, God's the one that owns the gold. He owns all the silver and all the cattle on a thousand hills, and if you'll learn how to put him first in your finances, he'll, he'll get glory out of your life. God, the gold, and the glory. So that's back there, and then 
I'm going to mention this. If you have been tithing, I brought this before and sold out of it, so in case you didn't get it. If you've been tithing and giving, in my financial freedom seminars that I do all over the world, I have people come up to me all the time and say, I've been tithing for 30 years. I've been giving, 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 and I don't have any more to give, and I'm still poor. <laughs> I'm still broken. I'm still struggling. Uh, I always tell them to get this series, Divine Economics, because Divine Economics takes you back to the cross of what Jesus did concerning your money, concerning your needs, concerning your material possessions. If, if you understand what he did then and put your faith in that, way too many people are putting their faith in, okay, if I tithe and give, then God will make me something. No, God's already made you something. If you tithe and give out of faith because of what he's already made you, big difference. So that's why there's th over three hours of teaching called Divine Economics. I hope I, maybe sometime I'll get to teach this here sometime, but I'm, it's so powerful. It set so many people free. I've had pastors and pastors' wives all of a sudden get free uh, from tithing and giving. They, now they tithe and give because, because they are free, not because they're trying to get free. Amen. And then the last thing I'll mention, I brought a little USB drive. Well, how many of you have the Heaven's Health Food CD? Let me see your hands. Okay, how many don't have the Heaven's Health Food CD? Let me see your hands. Okay, that's our number one seller. Heaven's Health Food is not me. Pre I don't preach at all. All I do is quote scriptures so that you can listen to the word, build your faith, speak it, and have it uh, the result in your life. In fact, do we have that queued up back there at the sound booth, guys, gals? Yeah, let's give them a quick sample of that if you don't mind. Praise God. This is um, me quoting... Proverbs 15:15. No, nope. stop, stop. No, nope. track number one. That's not track one. Play track number one for me. That's probably my fault. I probably forgot what track to tell them. <laughs> track number one. We have seven different scripture recordings on seven different subjects, so you can go get a lot. Depending what what area you want to build your faith, you can stop by there and look at the different ones we have. But uh, the one I'm showing you right, or trying to get to play right now is the Heaven's Health Food, which is healing and health scriptures. And we've had, we've had people healed of every type of cancer while listening to this CD. We've had people raised from uh, vegetableism. You know, what, when the doctor said if, you, if they ever come out of this um, coma, they're going to be a vegetable. Yeah, well, they came out of the coma completely healed and quoted the scriptures off of the CD they've been listening to for the last seven days when they were in a coma. <laughs> I'm telling you, we've had supernatural things happen. So are we ready yet? Track number one. It's on that same CD. It's just track number one. While they're getting it ready, you can just start playing it and I'll stop talking. But um, this has two CDs on it. It has Heaven's Health Food, but it also has Love Scriptures on it. And uh, just like Heaven's Health Food, I quote a lot of different translations, music behind my voice. But you know, faith works by what? Love. Faith works by love. So love is going to help you walk in health when you understand how much God loves you. And so that's why I decided to put both of them on here. You could buy the health scriptures for 15 bucks. You can buy the love scriptures for 15 and spend 30 bucks. Or you can buy the both together on a USB, spend 20 bucks. So you save 10, and then you can put it anywhere you want. A lot of the cars now have USB drive, and a lot of the computers and all that, you can get a hold of that. But do we have it ready yet, track number one? What? I don't know what the problem is here. You were playing some tracks, so we know it'll play. 
Ah, got it. I am the Lord who heals you. So this is Exodus 15, 26. You are my healer. Ah, Dr. Jesus. Your life giver. I accept that life. Yeah, so therefore I'm healed. Health I bring you, free of charge. For I, the Lord, make you immune. You can stop it right there. I love hearing all the different translations because when it's said differently from different translations, it just gives more light, more understanding. And so all of the Heaven's Health food is that way. If you buy, go buy that. The Love Scriptures is that way. It's just on love. The In Him Scriptures is who the, the real you is. Uh, the Peace Scriptures is peace for emotions and mental and for sleeping without sleep disorders. The the uh, Power Up Scriptures is Victorious Living Scriptures. The Wealth Scriptures is all wealth. So whichever one you buy, it's just different subjects. They're all back there. And I know they'll be a blessing to you if you take, take advantage of them or if you buy them for somebody else. So um, let pastors know how much I love being with you guys. But we come back tonight, don't we? I got, I got something else I'm going to share tonight. I hope you come. I know some people never come back on Sunday night. I don't understand that. Thirst and hunger for God. Put him first. We're not going to be here late. We'll come. We'll just, we, we always just sing like two songs, get right into the word, and then let you go home so you can still be in bed on time. So uh, don't be a wimp. Just, come on. Come on. Man up. Quit ye like men. Be strong. <laughs> Amen. And I know, I, know, I know you'll be blessed if, you're, if you come. So we'll... Uh, Turn this over and let them. By the way, if you're not a partner and you want to be a partner and get souls in heaven, get rewards in heaven, I have partner cards with me so you can see me if you need partner card. Love you guys.